0: mic is hot, and the game is on. You're listening to News for the Nation podcast by Aces Nation, where we talk about
1: nutrition,
0: sports performance,
1: the journey of a student-athlete, and more. I'm Claire.
0: I'm Zach. Time Time to to level up. up. Welcome back, sports fans. Today, we're talking about training again, but on the other side of our conversation of deloading, we're talking about overtraining today, some of the symptoms that you could see and why you want to avoid that. So to uh kind of just jump right into it I want to talk about this concept um I, I, in in business terms I've heard someone say like uh, immigrant mindset and like the I don't know modern mindset like the difference between them basically like being really blue collar and mm-hmm. feeling like you need to work more to get more results right because that's how it was um when America was like in the early ages of like, um, I don't know, after the war and stuff, and maybe even during the wars. Yeah. Yeah. All those things where it's like people were coming in and and then if they worked harder, right, they, they ended up getting more money or Mm -hmm. something like that, or, or they worked more hours and, and were able to provide for their family better. Right. But that's not necessarily the case today with, um, I think just different mindsets of, of thinking, better technology, more understanding of mm-hmm. like maybe when the market's different, like our products, our lifestyle is completely different, right? So having those two different mindsets, but uh, relating that to training, having the blue collar mindset of people thinking I need to do more um, to get better, right? Mm-hmm. It's not always the case. Um, I know that there's the proposed, was it 10,000 hour rule of like, perfecting a skill or like developing a skill, right. Where you feel like you practice for so many hours, right. Like you get really good at that skill. Mm -hmm. And and I agree, like the consistency of you doing something is going to increase the likelihood that you're better at it. Right. Especially, but I think doing it smarter um, is more in line with today's game, right? Typically with everything that high school club athletes, uh, collegiate athletes have going on. They've got so many other things happening and they've got a ton of stress that is, is being realized by their body as all the same, whether it's academic stress, emotional stress, um, social stress, uh, physical stress, all those things being realized as the same, right. And causing these reactions in our body that doesn't help with any recovery and any progress really (laughs) now to an extent, right? Obviously you go through some stress. physically to get better. Right. But you have to allow for that recovery. So Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about that side of it on the D load, but we want to talk about the more so the ramifications of, of having too much of that do more work harder type of mindset. right?
1: Right. Well, I think you also have to look at the context of that. So what we're talking about is the do more work harder from a training perspective, but you could also look at that as do more work harder of like, um, adding in a nutrition component or a Mm -hmm. mental component or like doing more for your um, recovery or a visualization. So I think just making that clarification of the context of this is doing more from a training and a physical perspective.
0: Right. Right. So that's what we're talking about mostly where from a physical training perspective, where going above and beyond can be detrimental to Mm -hmm. you instead of being beneficial. Right. Um, So I guess really kind of starting off um, since we're in the summertime right now and a lot of people will be either starting up club this month or they'll be starting up uh, collegiate athletics or high school athletics in the next month, Mm -hmm. right? So everyone would be coming in from a period where they may have not done anything. And this is a a really big opportunity for people to become acutely overtrained or what we're going to talk about as far Mm -hmm. as the physical training aspect of uh, doing too much in a really small period of time. Yeah. Um, there's research out there that your preseason or I guess your preparation for the preseason and during that time can affect your um, ability and availability during your season. Obviously, if you train, you're going to be uh, accustomed to the stresses right the forces right. the loads that you're gonna have to maintain the velocities and everything required in each season so basically if you prepare well for a long period of time beforehand the the better the the training you have beforehand the more likely you'll be able to perform and be available so uh, reduce your your risk of injury mm-hmm. uh, by having that load but when people come back or they're they're in these periods of like I don't know super crazy training right? there's a, a phenomenon that can occur. It's mm-hmm. not really a phenomenon. It's just a, it's a result of training too much in a small period of time for like one workout that you go really hard at, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's why people train for Murph, right? You could probably get this from Murph
1: That's what I was going to say. Right. That's where I think in that population you see it a lot is people, they like work out every once in a while, mm-hmm. and then they come into their CrossFit gym or whatever, and they're – Doing MRF, full MRF RX in a vest. Yeah. And then they end up getting this.
0: Yeah. So it's rhabdo, rhabdomyolysis. Yeah. right? Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> um, but, anyways, it's basically like the breakdown of muscles. And then that goes into your bloodstream. And then it can really affect your, your organs. It you can
1: basically poison your body. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Right. So you're talking about like proteins and electrolytes that are going places they don't really need to go and can cause <laughs> some organ damage. Right. So, um, it, it, it's like over physical exertion. It could yeah. also be heat exposure if you're doing mm-hmm. both. So man, can you imagine being in like a, a summer workout where it's like your first one back and they're making it like the most difficult
1: to, yeah. like, um, And you know, people are, some coaches are going to do that. I,
0: I know. I know. And that's like the whole, I know we already talked about mental resiliency uh, mm-hmm. in an earlier episode, but it's kind of like, they think that that is going to be the goal. Right. Yeah, there's and, a fine line. Yeah. To an extent, like we, I think we had talked about, going through something that's challenging with mm-hmm. other people really creates this bond and and you being able to overcome that can create some confidence in yourself, right? So there yeah. is some opportunity to gain some <clears throat> mental resiliency there uh, from a stressful and challenging situation like that. But obviously you've got to have people um, administering it that that know what's going mm-hmm. on, right? So you have to have the student athletes uh, health and well-being in line. Yeah. and And I would say, Everyone, uh, not everyone, I shouldn't say it's too much of a generalization, but there are a lot of people in a school of thought of like doing more and like less rest time and like minimal hydration breaks or, you know, trying to like reduce the rest time, which is going to increase the intensity of the workout Mm -hmm. for sure. But, but also if, if it's like, you know, they haven't done anything, you're really pushing the limit here. And if you've got some environmental elements that they're not mm-hmm. quite used to or they're coming back into for the first time in a long time, uh, you, you got to, you know, you got to put your uh, ego and your program aside and, and yeah. really think about like what's going to be the most beneficial. Because a lot of these times in the athletic setting, these workouts that are happening that could potentially give someone though, they're not the make or break times, right? They're not the championship of their sport, right? They're like one of the earliest mm-hmm. off-season, pre training sessions or yeah. like uh, workout training sessions. And so it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, right?
1: No, well, you also have to be careful of like the the type of movement and then like the repetition of it. So a lot of the times when I would see, either see Rabdo or hear about it, it's you're doing the same movement over and over and over and over again. Very repetitively. So that's something to, you know, these coaches need to keep in mind, or maybe they don't know. And that's why we're seeing some of these things too, because in, you know, like you were saying, that first workout, they're doing like 500 sit ups. Okay. Well, yeah. That's not going to be helpful. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, you could be doing like, uh, I don't know, hundreds of meters of lunging or something like mm-hmm. that. And, Or just a ton of burpees, or something like that. Yeah, but that
1: same like repetitive movement over and over and over again is just you're asking for it. Yeah,
0: so I mean, there's there's obviously a danger there when you're doing something in an instant like that to the extreme. Mm -hmm. Right, it's not always beneficial for you. And and I would say, like I just said, it's those workouts happen maybe for a week. Maybe, maybe they happen a couple of times within that week.
1: Mm -hmm. Those
0: are not make or break workouts for your entire program. Right. Right. The consistency of training going towards actual results um, is what's really going to help you be um, Mm -hmm. successful in your sport. Right. So, I mean, but even if you're not an athlete currently competing in something and you're doing some type of recreational resistance training like that in a group setting or maybe on your own still be wary of like those situations. I would allow yourself more rest time because
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, I mean, you're going to be better off to just allow yourself more rest time in, in order. You're, you're going to get gains from that stuff as well. So take care of your body. Mm-hmm. I mean, because potentially you're looking at like damage to your kidneys or, or some type of element like mm-hmm. that. Some heart arrhythmias. I mean, you could even have seizures. Obviously there's a lot of times, there's just a lot of like, um, not necessarily being dehydrated, but having that same feeling of being like nauseous, like Mm -hmm. vomiting Yeah, um, dehydration makes it even worse. Um, So I would say even more so steer away from this when athletes come back in of doing something crazy like that, because at the times people aren't really that hydrated anyway.
1: No, or they're drinking water, but they're not replenishing electrolytes. Right. Or maybe they haven't eaten enough carbohydrates. So they might be hydrated in the sense of like they've had water. Right, but they're not actually hydrated.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, those types of things could happen, and I mean, the worst case you could see is is a fatality here in, yeah. in these situations, and nobody wants that. You know, nobody wants to go through those um, issues within a sport for a workout that doesn't even matter. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, those types of acute things are, are definitely something to look out for as well, and mm-hmm. to not really put so much emphasis on it's got to be the most intense workout they ever had. Like, yeah. I mean, I, even like me as a strength coach, like do I want people to feel like they accomplished something in the weight room? Yes. Um, obviously as a part of the warm-up, you want to start developing some type of sweat. Right. And mm-hmm. that, that could make continue on, you know, throughout the rest of the workout. So yeah. Do people want to be like perspiration sometimes makes people feel like they worked hard. Right. And right. Yeah. Th- those comes with, those come with like some, um psychological benefits right some mm-hmm. like almost I, I want to say anecdotal as far as like physical um, development goes like mm-hmm. those kind of aid in that right but it's not the it's not the main goal right, right. so we've got other parameters that we're trying to um, increase like power strength speed um, mm-hmm. any of those things like all this force development you know um, wherever that lies we want to be able to improve those things more so than, put you through the, be the coach that gave you the toughest workout ever in your life. So I stay away from
1: that. Yeah. Well, I think ideally too, maybe some of these coaches are hoping that these athletes did stuff over the summer, or maybe they were given a program or whatever the case might be. So sometimes maybe they're under the impression that these athletes were working out over the summer and that this, particular workout was going to be hard, but maybe the intention wasn't for it to be the hardest workout, you know, they'll be put Mm -hmm. through in the year. And it just ends up being that because the athletes weren't prepared the way that they were supposed to be. And the coach had no idea.
0: Yeah. Uh, Listeners out there, you ready for the truth? I'm about to give you the (laughs) truth here. Um, Athletes, I love you, but you you didn't do what you were supposed to. And if you did some, you didn't do it to the extent. I'll tell you that. But that's a great opportunity for everyone <laughs> to prove me wrong out there. Yeah. Coming back off their next off season, so yeah. um, so I, I would even I would even err on the side of caution for that very first week. Um, that that coaches have people, mm-hmm. you know, um, just go through your movement assessments, or you know, work on reestablishing a work capacity, or mm-hmm. something like that. You know, not like throwing you into whatever week quote-unquote that people say right like I don't know some people call it like hell week mm-hmm. um, dog week whatever
1: wow stuff. I never had that
0: so, I don't know stuff like that right so like whatever A training
1: camp <laughs>
0: yeah I mean like I've been <laughs> through, hard but yeah, I've been through summer training and it wasn't really called anything um
1: yeah
0: uh but yeah so just just be wary of that let's not have mm-hmm. any of those situations happen with rap though yeah but uh along the same lines of training in that acute, uh, acute setting. We're mm-hmm. gonna talk about like chronic overtraining.
1: Right. Which can happen at any time. Right.
0: It could. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to have the same results as we talked about with rhabdo, but mm-hmm. you can just see performance declines just continue to happen, right. continue to happen. Overuse injuries. Um, I mean, if you're doing a lot of impact work, maybe you're seeing some like stress fractures in the foot and mm-hmm. the shin, you know, somewhere yeah. um, like that. So, just be aware of those signs and symptoms as well. We already covered deloading obviously in an earlier mm-hmm. podcast on why that's important, but it's also just, just to restate that quickly, you know, these training cycles should gain an intensity in some setting, right. And in, in some form and then back off of that again, mm-hmm. because if not, if you just keep training, keep training, keep training, keep training, that's where you get those overuse injuries because it's not just, um, it's not just the sprinting you're doing or the the lifting that you're doing. They're also playing sports, right? Right. They're they're practicing a lot. They're playing a lot at some point in time, especially if you're if you're in a club setting. You you may be playing uh, ten months out of the year. Right? Yeah.
1: Or you're racing a lot. Like yeah. if you're a swimmer.
0: Yeah. You're oh, practicing yeah.
1: every day. Your meets on the weekends are long. Yeah. And you go from what end of August till end of July it's a whole year
0: yeah it's a whole year like swimming is probably one of the toughest seasons ever because it's like swimming and basketball right those winter sports because you start in the fall go through the winter and then mm-hmm. you have your championships like in the middle yeah. of the spring right and then you've got you've got a couple of weeks on on either end where you're not really just a participating in your sport like as far as the academic calendar goes right
1: well that's collegiate yeah if yeah, you're yeah. in high school you're all year round if yeah. you're a club
0: yeah. I mean club club stuff goes all year round for everyone. Yeah. So I mean that's where you're even more at risk where you probably you probably should be training dry land, as they say in swimming, mm-hmm. right? And then just, you know, some type of resistance training for other people. Um, as well as I should say performance training where you're maybe working on plyometrics or mm-hmm. um, speed, um, working on your change of direction or your agility. Um, those things should be trained throughout the year as well for sports that, you know, mm-hmm. require that. Um, but really minimizing that like bringing that dosage down whether that's a full workout maybe twice a week or um really small bits of workouts for like 3 to 4 days you know within a mm-hmm. week and and letting that competition time be the you know the big event that's happening uh, all around and you're just trying right. to facilitate all of those qualities throughout but yeah you're right i mean swimming's a tough it's a tough sport
1: Yeah. Or just if you do like high school sports and club sports, Mm -hmm. like that's a lot. Whereas in in college, you know, you're doing your sport. It's the one. The seasons are still long and it's still Mm -hmm. hard. You don't necessarily get time off, so to speak. You know, you're still training throughout your off months, but it's not as intense in the sense of like you're not always competing Mm -hmm. when you would be maybe when you're younger. Um, I think it's also worth it to mention, like when we talk about overtraining, obviously you can be doing too much from like a practice and training and, you know, speed, agility, whatever you're doing. Um, But it could also come from the eating side too. So like when you talk about overtraining, it could be you're training too much and you're eating too little at the same time. But I think sometimes you could also categorize overtraining as like, yeah, maybe you're training a lot, but it's more so like the eating that's really contributing to maybe these like injuries or like the decline in performance or some of those negative um, things that you're seeing because you're just not keeping up with your training. Right. So you're seeing a lot of those negative side effects of overtraining, but maybe in your head or with your coach or whoever you're talking to, you're like, well, we've dropped my volume or my training volume, or we've taken a day away from strength training and I'm still having all of these issues I would 100% look to your nutrition
0: yeah I, I agree I, it's got to be the the holistic approach of like how you're viewing things and um, improving your performance right mm-hmm. and in monitoring um, whether your performance is on the rise or declining there right you have mm-hmm. to look at um, how is your nutrition right what are your um, what are your sleep habits or patterns that you have and then obviously the training stuff around there yeah I mean I I know we talked about this, um, in our energy availability, Mm um, podcast that was earlier, but it's really, that's really a foundation for everything, right? Because our body has to go through processes regardless of doing physical activity. So the way that we fuel it and prepare it to just survive and live is important, but also it's important to think about, Hey, I need to fuel myself. Um, and recover, help my body recover by providing these um, nutritional elements here mm-hmm. um, on a constant basis. And I've got to be aware of it, right? Because right. if, if I'm if i increasing my activity, obviously there's going to be more output happening and I need to right. be able to prepare myself for it and help my body recover from it afterwards. Right. So, I mean, I think, gosh, we said this before on another podcast, but go back and listen to that one because I think it's it's pretty foundational for a lot of stuff that we talk about
1: mm-hmm.
0: is having Um, your nutrition in place, right? And having that foundation and being able to adjust um, as you're going through your um, training year or your competitive seasons. Yeah. 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 So I I think that's just really important to have from Mm -hmm. the get go.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it could really help just prevent a lot of the overtraining stuff. Obviously, if you are training to the point where it's just like too much, like you're going seven days a week, whatever, you know, you're you're clearly doing too much, then yeah, nutrition's probably not gonna help at that point. Even if you're doing everything right, you're eating the right amount of calories, you're eating the right macros, you're eating a variety of foods, whatever the case might be, then obviously that would be uh something to look into from a training perspective. Yeah, for sure. Of maybe there's some element of like compulsive exercise in there or just kind of like we were mentioning earlier that mindset of like i'm not going to get better if i don't do more than everybody else
0: yeah which i'm i've seen it right where yeah where you absolutely love these athletes who they they want to you know put in the time and effort mm-hmm. of of training right and it's it's hard for them just like i said compulsive you know uh exercisers Mm-hmm. Where it's like I have to do something like that. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I would fall victim to that too sometimes. But yeah, but also I understand that going for a walk and having like an active recovery day is very beneficial to me.
1: Right, right? and that's different yeah. than you know going like for go a twelve mile run yeah. and then going to the gym afterwards. Like yeah. it's very different when mm-hmm. it's you know I'm just going to go outside and get my body moving, get my legs moving, or um, going for like an easy bike ride mm-hmm. with your friends or whatever. Yeah. That's different than more of this kind of compulsive, like I need to burn calories or I need to, you know, be at the gym for four hours working on skills. You know, that's, that's where we kind of run into more of those issues. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just, uh, again, just see everything, you know, from, uh, What do they say from like a 10,000 foot view? view. Yeah, from like way up, right? Yeah. See everything from way up, and then you can do everything, you know, as you're in the moment there. But yeah, but just be, you know, mindful of those things because obviously you want to not overtrain, not have any of those symptoms of acute overtraining or uh, chronic overtraining. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You want to be able to fit in the ebb and flow of your competitive season and be able to prepare your body on the front end with, um, your energy needs mm-hmm. and then on the back end as well. So you want to be able to live in that cycle of fueling your body and keeping it ready and primed mm-hmm. from both perspectives, right? Yeah. From the nutrition side, from the training side, um, and just keep your performance at, at your all-time high. right?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super important. I mean, I wish, I wish I knew a lot of things, um, when I was a competitive athlete, yeah. but I think the overtraining would have been just to understand it more mm-hmm. and understand the different pieces of it because stress fractures are not fun. No, um, And just understanding that, you know, you don't need to run more miles to get faster. Yeah. You know, you need to be intentional with, with what you're doing. And I think also younger athletes, like even the jump from high school to college or middle school to high school or, or high school sports to club sports, like that's a pretty big transition. And you might, the volume just of your sport alone might increase, it might double at that point. And yeah. that's like, that's number one, like that's already a good indication that there we could run into some problems if we're not careful. Yeah. So I think just having that awareness and being aware of these things and understanding how to hopefully prevent them are helpful. And it's something I wish I knew when yeah. I was younger.
0: I agree. I wish there were a lot of things that I knew uh, <laughs> earlier, you know, when I was – preparing to go to college yeah. to be an athlete. So, um, those are good things, but, uh, can I put you on the spot here with, yeah. a, with a question here sure. or, or just uh, to, uh, have something here for our listeners here. Mm-hmm. Can you talk more about antioxidants mm-hmm. and the benefits of maybe different colors, right? Cause everyone says like, there's this, um, you, some people say, you know, have like this rainbow plate, or like you know, make sure mm-hmm. you get these different colors of like fruits and vegetables. Can you talk a little bit about those those elements there to the plate.
1: Yeah, um, well, antioxidants are important because you have these things called free radicals mm-hmm. in your body. So antioxidants just help fight off free radicals and and just make sure that your body is functioning optimally. I guess is a simple way to put it. Um, eating the rainbow. So when you think about like the different colors. In, in different like fruits and vegetables, they contain different compounds. Um, so they contain either like beta carotene or different polyphenols or whatever those things might be. Um, and those provide different benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea behind eating the rainbow is that if we can get a variety of those colors, that means we're getting different nutrients for the different colors we're eating. Same thing with, so with the antioxidants or with the uh, vitamins and minerals, uh, strawberries are a little bit different than maybe kiwis. Like they both have vitamin C, they both have similar maybe micronutrients, but they're in different proportions. Or because of the color difference, they have different um, polyphenols or different color contributing What compounds? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I wanted you to finish the last (laughs) word here. But like you you mentioned uh, kiwis, right? Like kiwis are high in potassium, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, bananas, kiwis, completely different, right? Yeah. But they they serve a similar purpose there.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I always tell people like when I work with um, athletes one-on-one, obviously you don't need to buy like seven fruits and vegetables every (laughs) week because that can (laughs) probably get expensive unless you live on a farm or you have your own garden or whatever. Yeah. But I usually tell them to say, you know, for one week, pick like two fruits and two vegetables or two fruits and one vegetable and then swap the next week. So if you're doing like bananas and apples and broccoli one week, next week do like kiwis, grapes and asparagus
0: Yeah, yeah or yeah. carrots, Switch you know, so we're yeah. switching
1: it up. So you're getting getting the different things. But um, if you fall into this pattern and I think sometimes that's why, like when you. Um, athletes or, or just anybody in general gets on like a clean eating kick, but they eat the same thing every single day. Yeah.
0: She used air quotes, by the way, when clean eating. <laughs> yeah. For those listening. Just,
1: just yeah, air quotes. But that's just typically where you see those things and, and maybe those foods are healthy. Yeah. But you're really missing out. And then maybe you're spending like hundreds of dollars a month on supplements that you might not really need to be taking right. if you would just, you know, instead of eating broccoli every day. Maybe add some other vegetables and fruits and change your protein source and your grain source. Like your macro-wise, you're, it's going to be the same. Yeah. So just change it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that did that answer your question?
0: Yeah, it was, I think it's just great to put that information out there about mm-hmm. how you can go about getting those different colors. And I, I like the example that you gave about two fruits and one vegetable and mm-hmm. just kind of. Switching it up every week. Um,
1: yeah, find what's on sale.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Make it easy. And and that was another thing I was going to talk about was like seasonality of, yeah, of fruits and vegetables. It's like that mm-hmm. changes quite a bit, right? Mm-hmm. Where you get to, I guess it depends on the climate you live in, Where you right? Live. But but everything yeah. switches, you know, with. Different temperatures in different mm-hmm. times of the year. I mean, some people may be in a position where they're getting more citrus in the summertime, mm-hmm. but then the wintertime comes around. Now they're like more root vegetables and things like that. So I think that's important to kind of um, you know gauge. But yeah. obviously, grocery stores are going to give you quite a bit of stuff regardless. But you're going to have those main things that are in season at certain times of the year.
1: Yeah, and you can easily look that up. You can just Google like uh, fruits and vegetables or foods in season in Florida. Yeah, and it'll give you a list. Um, but yeah, that's that's the easiest way that okay. I, I like to do it.
0: Yeah, I, I, and two free two fruits, one vegetable, and
1: yeah. then or I
0: thought you were going to say switch it the next week to like then go to two vegetables, one fruit. You can, yeah, but you can keep it the same. Depends because yeah. some people like more fruit than they like vegetables, but you know, kind of switching up the. Uh, what's available, looking at what's available, what's within their budget, and then like what kind of fits those different antioxidant needs mm-hmm. that you could have, right? And just having that that color uh, of availability on your plate throughout. Yeah. Yeah. W- were you going to add something else? You got something no. else there? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs>
1: um,
0: I want to throw something else out to you. Yeah. Um, purple potatoes,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? They give us some antioxidants because of the the purple color as well, right? So they're Mm -hmm. like, uh, and the same thing with like sweet potatoes, right? They're like a, um, almost like a, I don't want to say super starch, but sort of, right? Yeah. We're getting some more benefits than just maybe a a normal potato. Yeah. Yeah. You could say that. Okay. I will say that. And I did. (laughs) Uh, All right, Claire. Now I want you to give me an example of a fruit and vegetable in as many colors as you can okay i'll say the color and you give me an example of a fruit or and or vegetable in that color okay Okay, are you ready try okay also i want to point out beforehand why is it okay we've associated the heart with the color red
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: the color red in antioxidants fruits and vegetables right Mm -hmm. is associated with heart health
1: Mm -hmm. why
0: is that claire which one came first the chicken or the egg
1: I don't
0: know. Okay. All right. Let's go into the, <laughs> let's go into the colors here. You know what? We'll start with red because I just mentioned it. Boom! Give me a fruit and or vegetable.
1: Strawberries. Okay. I thought I had to give you both. Yeah.
0: Give me give me a vegetable.
1: Radish. Is that a vegetable? No, probably not.
0: No, no, it's a root red vegetable. cabbage. Okay. Cool. Cool. Okay. Uh, for it's fruit, purple. For fruit, I would have also taken apple. tomato. Oh,
1: tomato. It is a fruit. Does apple count? Because outside's red.
0: Yeah, but is that where the uh, point is? Is, huh? is that where the most nutritional value is? In the skin? Yeah.
1: Most of it. Okay. A lot of it.
0: All right. Um, going from red, let's go to blue.
1: Blueberries? hmm Blue vegetable. I don't think there are any yeah, blue vegetables. I don't know. It'd have
0: to be like a, a hybrid of something yeah, probably. Yeah, or like
1: a specific maybe like type of kale or something. Uh,
0: actually, right, there, there might be an edible Blueberry. flower.
1: Blue, but are flowers vegetables?
0: Well, what what would they be classified as? Plants? A plant? Oh, it's a plant, not a vegetable?
1: Blue oyster mushroom, but that's not a vegetable. That's not a vegetable. Blue carrots? Wait,
0: a, well, a mushroom is a fungus, right? So I guess you wouldn't consider that. Well, they got purple carrots.
1: Um, yeah, that's not blue.
0: Okay, all right, let's move on. Okay. Green. Green apple. Okay.
1: Or kiwi. Or green grapes. Cabbage. Asparagus, spinach.
0: Good. Give awesome. Me three. awesome. You can give me more. Yeah. Orange.
1: Orange. Yeah. Orange. Okay. And carrot.
0: Got it. Yellow.
1: Um, it's a yellow fruit. Banana. Okay. And squash. Awesome. Spaghetti squash.
0: Yeah, those those <laughs> are wonderful. Um, wait, let's talking about bananas. Ooh. Do you do you eat the peel on bananas? No. Um, no. Why not?
1: Because I just probably wouldn't like the texture.
0: Yeah. You got to let it uh, ripen a little bit. It's got to get a little bit of brown spots on yeah, it. Right. I eat the peel on the banana. <laughs> and more fiber, more nutrients, even a little bit of protein. Look it up. Yeah, it's, but I get it. It's a enough, real thing.
1: Or you could just not eat it and get fiber in somewhere else.
0: Nope. You could get <laughs> No, it.
1: you can only get fiber from the banana <laughs> well, peel. Well, <laughs> I'm just
0: saying, for efficiency purposes and for not wasting, you could get it all right there. <laughs> okay, Anyways, moving on here. Um, what's it like a purple?
1: Uh, purple fruit grapes. Mm-hmm. Technically, they're called red grapes, but they look purple.
0: No, they're like the midnight ones.
1: Raspberries. No. Are those blue?
0: No, Rasp- are they black. Raspberries are red. red. Yeah. Or
1: I meant blackberries. Yeah, blackberries, but they're not black. They're ah, purple. They're a
0: deep purple, right? Yeah. Let's say a deep purple.
1: Sorry, I meant raspberries. I didn't mean no. Mean, you meant blackberries. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even like blackberries. That's yeah. probably why I'm saying raspberries.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Blackberries, uh, eggplant.
0: Mm, that's nice. That's mm-hmm. a nice one. Um, mm-hmm. in any other colors, brown.
1: Brown fruit, kiwi. <laughs> the outside.
0: Outside, yeah.
1: And brown vegetable. What's a brown vegetable?
0: Mm-hmm. How about how about cl- like a a white? Give me a white white fruit and vegetable.
1: Uh, oh. Is it lychee white?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or clear? Or also known as like rambutan or something like that, I think is another name for it.
1: That sounds like a cough medicine.
0: Um, okay. And then uh, white.
1: White vegetable. Yeah.
0: Oh, you got a great one. You can puree it similar to the carrot.
1: Cauliflower.
0: Okay. You can go with that. That's not what I was thinking.
1: <laughs> I know, but.
0: Parsnip was yeah, what pars- I was thinking. Um,
1: what is, is a uh, yucca, that would be like a root, but is Juka? that, is that a vegetable?
0: Uh, is it not a starch? I
1: think it's just a starch. Yeah, I yeah. think it's a starch. Some people think that potatoes are vegetables.
0: No, they're starches. I know. Um, people... rutabaga, that's a starch.
1: Rutabaga, yeah. Okay. Rhubarb.
0: Yeah, that's red though. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think those are the only colors.
0: Awesome. Hey, well, I appreciate that, Claire. Thanks for, uh, yeah, clearing that up for us. Look
1: up your, uh, what's in season.
0: Yeah, look Maybe up what's in a season. Go to local
1: farmer's market.
0: Yeah, that, that's typically where you're gonna get the best food. Like quality and you're going to get it at a good price. Yeah. So go support local farms in your area and buy the farmer's market. Or build a garden. Yeah. Or, you know, get outside and and do that stuff for yourself. You know, make it a family activity. You know, promote health in your own family.
1: I've been seeing a lot of um, gardens on TikTok. Yeah. And every, like, you know, they have their little baskets and they're like, time to go grocery shopping. And yeah. I'm like, oh, I want that to be my life. But I don't have room for a garden right now.
0: No, not right now. But you will, Claire. You yeah. will. Um, another thing I want to throw out before we close out. Go watch The Lost Kitchen on Hulu.
1: The it, Lost Kitchen? Yeah, if
0: you haven't seen it. Okay? Where is the
1: kitchen? No,
0: it, it <laughs> it's there, right? But it's just the name of the show and it's the I name know, of the I'm place. Kidding. Go okay, watch The, the Lost, Lost Kitchen. Because they have something like, I think it was white cucumbers. Never seen it before in mm-hmm. my life. Man, I'm into this show big time.
1: Lost Kitchen. Got it.
0: Hulu. Hulu. Um, Shout out, Aaron French. Uh, I will be sending in my postcard uh, at some point with my family. Please select us.
1: We forgot to say where we're coming from. Yeah,
0: we are coming from the. Thanks for
1: listening. Yeah. From the uh, Pope. What is
0: it? No, it's the Embark Collective Content Studio powered by Johnson Pope.
1: I need my glasses.
0: All right. What Zach said. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we will catch you on the next one.
1: Yep. See ya.